Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast, where we sit down with meetings and events industry leaders to explore breaking trends, event planning best practices, the future of events, and more. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Now, before we get to today's topic, you can read more about today's episode on the Cvent blog at cvent.com slash podcast. If you'd like to join us at Cvent Connect in Las Vegas beginning July 8th, we have an offer just for you. That's right. Our podcast listeners get 25% off registration by using the discount code CVTPODCAST19. And we will be doing a live podcast from Las Vegas as well. Now, we love getting emails from our listeners, so contact us at podcast at cvent.com. Now, Brooke, today's episode is all about human trafficking, and we're joined by Tony Wagner, who's a VP at CWT. I found it was really surprising how human trafficking is related to the events industry, but after our conversation with Tony, it really all started to make sense. It really did. And I'm excited for our audience to hear more and begin the conversation about how event professionals can stop this human rights violation. So here's our interview with Tony. All right, Tony. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're just going to start off trying to understand more about what human trafficking actually is. So at a high level, can you help us understand what is human trafficking? Sure. I think the the easiest way to think about human trafficking is it's kind of this idea of some sort of use of force or fraud or coercion to manipulate another person into a, a paid sex act. And so a lot of times people will think that it is, you know, solely kind of this force type activity. In reality, sometimes it's just uh, the idea that someone uh, answers a job ad and they are coerced into doing something different. Um, And so it's really this idea of coercion to manipulate someone else. Interesting. Well, um, what got you so interested in this topic, though, specifically? Well, I think uh, Carlson, um, which is our parent company, uh, has for a long time, over a decade, been kind of a leader in this area. They were one of the first organizations to signed on to ECPAT. Uh, It's been part of our annual fundraising and community giving campaigns. It's been something that we as an organization have had employee committees on over this, really this last decade. And so as you start learning more about it, I think what you tend to find is that it just kind of draws you in because you can see personally the impact that our industry and the travel industry overall can have on really this subject. Right. And, you know, a great example is even last year, uh, we launched a series of ads on my CWT, which on the business travel side is kind of the entry point into, you know, booking travel and doing research, et cetera. And we had over 250,000 ads, right, uh, that went out that our travelers saw on this, on this issue. And so, you know, it's really every day we can make an impact when we're doing an event, when we're traveling on a plane. Um, and so that's what really kind of drew us in. Yeah, that's interesting. It's really about educating people on the signs, like what they are seeing, recognizing when there might be trouble, and then knowing where to go, right, after they maybe see something that looks suspicious. I have to imagine, though, that when you talk about human trafficking, there are a lot of common myths out there. Can you talk to about some of those? Definitely. I think, you know, one of the things that people really kind of go on is that there is really a lot more physical nature to this, right? That it's not just, you know, coercion can be a number of things, right? It can be physical, but in reality, a lot of times it's, it's, it's mental. Um, I think that's one of the big, the big myths is that at the end of the day, 
it doesn't always require physical restraint, bodily harm, or physical force, right? Psychological means of control are, are a big part of that. That's one. I think the second one is that the victims do not immediately seek help or identify as a victim of a crime. Part of that could be a lack of trust or self-blame. Some of that could be that they are being coerced so badly, right, with drugs or alcohol or whatever it might be, that they are not in control of their own thinking. And so um, I think those are some of the the two largest ones. And I think a, a lot of it, the third one to me kind of comes with this idea is it's not it's not local. It's people from other countries, right? It could be people from other states. But human trafficking really is right in plain sight. It's right in front of you. It could be people from your same community. It could be people not just in poverty. It could be uh, those in uh, higher income brackets. And so really, you know, it could be the person down the street. So why is this topic so important for meetings and events industry or even thinking about industry suppliers like hotels, restaurants, and airlines? Well, I think part of it is is that trafficking can occur a lot in legitimate business settings, right? That can be in hotels, right? That can be at restaurants. It's again, as I kind of said earlier, a lot of these things happen in, in plain sight. And because the meetings and events industry has lots of large gatherings, right? We tend to do mo- many of our events in hotels and, and unique venues. We have a an ability to kind of have our eyes open more than others. And then we'll talk a little bit about what people can do, probably in some of the other questions we talk about today. But I think that's the the biggest piece. You know, when we think about large events like sporting events, like the Super Bowl, the World Cup, those are obviously ways to organize a community. Uh, but the meetings and events industry can have events from 20 to 14,000 just in general. And and so we're feet on the eyes on the ground to uh, really make an impact for this uh, challenging issue. Well, you mentioned, you know, large gatherings and you specifically mentioned the Super Bowl. So in my mind, I'm thinking these gigantic events where there is just a ton of people. But how does this topic of human trafficking impact smaller corporate events, maybe events that our you know, listeners are more involved with? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple of things. You know, one, again, you always should be on the lookout, right? Uh, sex trafficking happens 365 days a year. And so you know, when we think about our role in being kind of, you know, having those eyes wide open on a regular basis, our event planners on the ground that are doing a pre-con can talk with those uh, suppliers and the staff to make sure that we're always watching out for those those key signs, right? What are we supposed to be looking for to make sure we can make an impact to try to help someone? So you mentioned the Super Bowl. I want to go back to that for just a second because even in these small corporate events, we take a lot of cues from some of the bigger events that are happening. They're kind of setting the stage in some ways. So why did CWT get so involved with this particular issue with regards to the Super Bowl? Well, it kind of goes back to a couple of key pieces. So first, we've been involved at, at CWT and at Carlson for over a decade in this subject. And large events, as was mentioned earlier, Cody, right, tend to be something that pop into your mind that that could drive a surge in sex trafficking. Secondly, our former chair and former CEO of uh, Marilyn Carlson Nelson was co-chair of the Super Bowl committee. And so as part of that, we kind of felt a great way for us to bring light to this issue and make an impact was to really kind of get involved and help seed money for first kind of developing a, a playbook, right, or a way to really kind of do a study on on how we should approach this, and secondly, raise the funds from other corporate uh, organizations and foundations here in the Twin Cities and across Minnesota uh, to implement the plan, right, that was developed uh, here in Minnesota for Super Bowl 52. 
So we had a chance to, you know, review some of the, the playbook that you shared with us, which is really fascinating. But can you go over maybe a few of the key highlights from that playbook? Sure. I think, you know, some of the first things that uh, that we as a as an overall committee, I was part of the Super Bowl committee and there was lots of subcommittees of which uh, the human trafficking topic was one of those committees. You know, we had a few goals. One was around really creating awareness that uh, this this issue, sex trafficking, happens 365 days a year. This is not something that had gotten a lot of visibility in Minnesota historically. Uh, we went about then how do you educate the group? And that is people coming to Minnesota and those that are living here, and then specifically those who are working in the hospitality area. And then how do we develop this plan that can be replicated for future large events or for our own events that we host, you know, as a destination here at Minnesota? And lastly, it was you know, trying to, you know, be there for the victims, right? How do we provide services to them and, and hopefully disrupt um, the act of buying and selling humans? And so we went through that, that effort from a public awareness standpoint. Truly, it was kind of amazing. I think we developed a couple of campaigns as a committee. We had, I think, two-thirds funded by donated media campaigns. The rest was paid from the fundraising that was done. And there's a I think when I looked at the final numbers that we had, it was over 35 million impressions were made, driven by 141 stories uh, in the paid media and over 3,600 men that actually participated in Don't Buy It training. And so in a short amount of time, that was really impressive. And I say in our local media here, there was an enormous amount of visibility onto this topic. Secondly, really around the training standpoint, we had over 15,000 people trained. Uh, I happened to also had a moonlighting gig on the city council in a suburb here in Minnetonka. And our own police chief talked about how, how this committee really trained all the key police officers that were participating and volunteering their time in supporting the Super Bowl, um, as well as hospitality team members, all the volunteers that were uh, supporting the Super Bowl, which I think totaled 10,000 alone. And so that level of education was um, really impactful not just for the Super Bowl, but for the ongoing visibility to this topic here in Minnesota. I have to say that I'm just so thrilled that you guys took this topic and really created this awareness around it. I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. Some of those numbers that you just threw out there just so casually um, are big numbers as a marketer. 35 million impressions is mind-blowing. That's really, really cool. 15,000 people being trained. And I think um, to echo what you said, you know, it, it goes beyond the event, right? Like these people may have been trained for the Super Bowl, but now they're part of this community and they have their eyes wide open and they know what to do. So you're truly making an impact. So I can imagine our audience is thinking to themselves, okay, I don't have a Super Bowl, but I do have a fairly large event. Clearly, this is something that I want my team or my audience to be trained to look for the warning signals, um, so that education, that public awareness. What can event professionals do to help train maybe not only their staff, but also the other people attending their event? And what, what is it that they should be watching for to help minimize human trafficking? There's a, a few things. And, and when, when we think about this, I'm going to break it into a couple areas of what we've talked about. First, kind of like keeping your eyes open, right? So I think the first part is, Every event professional can be on the lookout for some of the common signs. And so that is, like I said, signs of violence. It could be bruises, black eyes, cuts. It could be the idea of 
what are the behaviors? This might not be physical. It might be they look fearful. They look like they have a great deal of anxiety or nervousness, and they're easily startled. And I think a lot of it, too, is this idea that they're not in control, right? The victims or the, those being sex trafficked uh, might not handle their own money, right? They might be always accompanied by someone older or a companion, and they typically are dressed inappropriately for the weather. It's, it's one of these things that I would say, number one, as an event professional, you're on the ground, right? You're hosting events. You're in areas that might be likely places that someone might be sex trafficked um, or human trafficked. How do you keep your eyes open for yourself? Uh, and then don't necessarily confront someone yourself. Um, be aware that there are free resources to report this, right? Or go and, and uh, call 911 if you witness someone in physical danger. That's the first part. I think the second part is this idea of you as an event buyer. You know, how do you potentially discuss this situation or this topic, right, in your pre-cons? Do you talk to your suppliers and say, do you have a, a plan uh, or a policy around child or human trafficking? Do you bring this up in your pre-con? As I said, do you maybe even include it in your RFPs when you are selecting vendors? Uh, much like you ask a question, is this hotel have a green policy? Does this venue uh, or supplier have a child and human trafficking policy as we go forward? And Tony, do you think that there's anything that hoteliers should be doing differently to prepare themselves for these conversations with these event professionals? Well, I do. I think this is going to be an ongoing, I think, iterative approach right in our industry. I know that there are a few major chains that are doing some mandatory training on this topic. In fact, I think one of them had... Uh, has trained over 500,000 of their employees specifically on this topic and what to watch for. So I do believe podcasts like this, right, uh, educational sessions at industry events can really make a difference in bringing first the visibility of this up. I also think hoteliers uh, will start doing more and more around training in this area, just like we are trying to do with our own staff here at CWT around keeping uh, a watchful eye out there and what to do. So I do think this will be important. I also think the more that buyers or meeting professionals like ourselves include that in our requirements or our questions, maybe I should say, when we are searching for partners to deliver our event, that just brings more and more visibility to it overall and is that kind of call to action that sometimes a supplier needs. The more that planners are asking for the this information from the hoteliers, the more they're going to become used to providing it. It's just kind of this, this cycle. So let's talk about that for a second. What do you want listeners to take away from this episode? What would you like them to be thinking or doing in the short term? Sure. I think first, be on the lookout. Keep your eyes open. It's not something that happens somewhere else. It can happen right here. So that's part one. I think part two is, you know, there are ways that you can have a personal impact, right? Train yourself on what to look out for. And then if you're a leader of a team, if you're a third-party organization or a corporate um, event buyer or a meeting planner, train your other team members. There's a number of great resources out there to do that. And then I think, I th I think third, right, determine if this is a really valuable part of something that you want to build into your overall program or have your suppliers really adopt. Those are things I think that can really fast-track the awareness and the impact we in the meetings and event industry can have a day-to-day -day and long-term in the industry. 
So I, I really want to commend you and CWT for putting so much effort into making this playbook, but I wanted to ask you, what are some other resources that are available on this topic? So Cody, I think there's there's a few things. One, I would say that uh, we've partnered a lot with ECPAT, right? As I mentioned earlier, we've done, uh, they're part of our community days uh, from a giving standpoint. And we've partnered them with a lot of awareness. Last year, they developed an e-learning module on this subject. And I'm 99% sure that that also qualifies for CMP uh, credits for those who are doing their ongoing education uh, in the meeting planning industry. So that is definitely uh, one place to look. There's also a number of what I would call, you know, focal point days where this is kind of a, a topic, right? So for example, July 29th is going to be the World Day Against Trafficking. Um, and as part of that, there's lots of communication on resources that are out there. I know that you know, certain chains and brands in the hotel industry, CWT as a whole, right? We have our own tra uh, trafficking uh, training that we do for our staff uh, that makes sure that they have visibility to it. And so those would be a few of the things I'd point to. And I think, you know, the more that you follow these sites, uh, like at Pat and others, I think the more you'll see this information kind of coming out that they can be repurposed for your own training. So Tony, I am going to get a little bit vulnerable here for a second, <laughs> but I have a crime podcast addiction. I love listening to these crime podcasts. Um, and I think it's becoming more and more popular. And it's this sort of like, it freaks you out hearing these stories. It's almost uncomfortable to start thinking about these things, but it becomes so much more real. And I really started getting interested in this human trafficking topic because it kept coming up like close to home. I grew up in the Midwest and, and it happens there and you just never think about it. So is there this challenge for you and CWT when you're talking to people about human trafficking where it's almost hard to connect with them or get them comfortable talking about a topic like that? You know, Brooke, it's an interesting question. I would say the answer is, is yes, right? And it's not because people don't want to. I think what goes into their mind is they think, a little bit of the you factor. I can't imagine that happening near me. That has to be a, that has to be a situation that happens somewhere else. And then what happens is the more they listen to it, right, or the more they hear stories, to your point, or the more that they recognize that this could happen in their own city, then they really get more engaged, right? And the you never really see, I think there's, I think Pat would say this, right? Once someone buys in and signs into their pact or starts doing training, no one has ever turned away, right? Because they see the impact that they could make. And so I do think that there is this initial hurdle one needs to get over. Um, and then after that, you know, it's full steam ahead, which is good. You know, I think myself, like I was just watching uh, the other day on a flight because I'd watched every movie on the flight. I'd watched and taken again. And I'm like, wow, you know, this was a movie from a long time ago. Um, but yet it has an impact on how you think about this could happen to anyone, right? At any time around the country. And we're as an industry overall the best to uh, really, again, be eyes wide open on this subject and, and train our staff. Absolutely. And and as this industry, we're traveling all the time, even if it's not to our events. We're going Correct. to check out other locations. We're always on the road. And once you start learning and you're in the airports and you're in the hotels and you start to see the signs and you know what to do, I mean, it can really, like you said, make an impact as people become more informed. And the more we're comfortable with it, right, the more, more it is to say, I know what to do. Um, that's not necessarily personally get involved. That's getting the right people involved and bring awareness. 
All right. Well, thanks, Tony. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that our listeners should know about this topic of ending human trafficking? You know, I think, the, again, the, the key points I would say is, you know, keep it top of mind, be aware, and that you can have an impact, right? Again, as we said, it could be a 20-person meeting where you're holding uh, a board of, board of directors meeting at a hotel and you are, you're citing that yourself and you're talking to the hotel. You can make an impact there just as much as if you're having a 14,000-person meeting. Uh, that is almost a citywide sellout, and you're like the Super Bowl of that week. So we can all have an impact, and the more that we do together by incorporating it into our operating principles, our supplier requests, and our education, uh, the more that we can help really reduce this horrific occurrence that happens across the world. Thank you so much, Tony. I feel like we have barely scratched the surface. We could talk to you about this all day. Um, in fact, it sounds like you're going to be in Las Vegas at Cvent Connect talking about this very subject. Is that right? I am looking forward to it. And I'm sure that we'll be having more great, I think, dialogue as a, as a professional community on this and how we can make an impact. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tony. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Wow, what an insightful conversation with Tony. I'm going to be honest, Cody, I'm a little blown away. Yeah, Brooke, me too. And, you know, I'm so glad we could get this topic out to the event professionals to start the conversations. And if you want to hear more from Tony, he will be speaking at C-Event Connect in Las Vegas in early July. And remember, as a podcast listener, you get a special 25% discount using the code CVTPODCAST19. That's right, Brooke. And to hear more about Tony's thoughts on human trafficking, visit our website at cvent.com slash podcast. Now, next week, we're going to be joined by Courtney Stanley and Sarah Soyman-Dodden to talk about women in events. Talk to you then. Bye.